Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Friends. We are here in the year 2024. Unfortunately, no longer the year of Sanderson. The year of Single Sanderson tier. has passed. This be the year of tears all the way up until the release of Stormlight Archive 5 in November. We're already looking forward to it, but we have so much planned for this year. And we want to give you a little housekeeping update before we dive into the state of the Sanderson reviewing all of 2023 but more importantly looking forward looking ahead for sure but as you said let's start with just saying first a big thanks for spending the year of Sanderson with us with our book club episodes as we made our way through all of these secret projects We, of course, have a few more episodes coming out on the main feed of our Sunlit Man series. We're definitely not done with that, everyone. Don't worry. We just had to insert our State of the Sanderson here, but we will be back with Nomad in our next episode. And we have one final Sunlit Man episode going up on Patreon next. Yes, really appreciate everyone who has become a patron in 2023 and even a couple of people already in the new year. We are going to continue doing, as you said, the last Sunlit Man episode, and then we are going to dive into Defiant, the non-Cosmere, but Brandon Sanderson, Skyward Universe. Yeah, non-Cosmere, but the Sidoverse is definitely the best non-Cosmere Sanderson work. I really, really love it and would highly recommend to any Cosmere fan. Yes, and we'll come back to Skyward a little bit later because, of course, looking forward in that universe, there's some things going on as well. But if you are interested in getting a little bit more content for the book club, join us over on Patreon. Yeah, those episodes will not be going up on the main feed that is only on Patreon. So if you do end up reading the Skyward series, you want to hear our thoughts on it, you can join on Patreon and you'll be able to listen to all of our back episodes for all the books up to this point. And then our Defiant episode will be coming up soon. After we finish all of the Sunlit Man book club episodes, we are going to plan for a little maybe like spring or summer revisit to the Cosmere-based secret projects, getting all of the different theories from those books into, you know, single episode per book and really allow the theories and the theorizing and the connections back to the Stormlit Archive, along with some word of Brandon's and the spoilers that we may get because eventually we will need to prepare for the turn the twist when we go from talking about other things to only talking about the stormlight archive if there are topics that you would like to hear on the podcast in the next several months let us know reach out good old email or facebook or instagram or what else do we have patreon and threads, which is kind threads. of just Instagram for text. Yeah. But we are all over. And 
you can send over your short or long form emails to cosmereconvo at gmail.com. I think that's a good amount of housekeeping. That's us looking forward. Now let's get to the real meat and potatoes, which is Brandon Sanderson's State of the Sanderson 2023. Absolutely. We will start with the upcoming crowdfunding campaigns that are coming, one of them quite soon. I think we've mentioned this before, but in case you hadn't heard, March 5th is going to be the Words of Radiance leather-bound crowdfunding campaign launch date. You are able to join that campaign right now. If you want to be apprised of updates as they roll out over the next couple of months, we were able to preview at Dragonsteel Con a little bit of some of the special perks and things that are going to be offered as part of that campaign. They look very exciting and cool, so maybe check it out. Interestingly, this year, the campaign is running directly through BackerKit. Usually, or in the past, it's been uh, crowdfunded on Kickstarter, and then they've used BackerKit as like perk uh, fulfillment situation, perk organization. This year, they're just doing everything straight through BackerKit, which I didn't even know you could do, but apparently you can. So that's where to look for it. Yeah, it might be that only Brandon can do because he's Brandon. (laughs) Maybe. I appreciate the efficiency that I'm hoping they gain and have never had a problem with those orders. But I think that as the year of Sanderson proved, the crew over at Dragonsteel really want to be on top of the game and they don't want supply chain issues to get in. Of course, there's only so much that they can control that. But obviously the highlight of this one is that All of the books have already been created, produced. They are in hand at the warehouse. And so essentially, as soon as the campaign closes, their warehouse will be able to start shipping things out to people. So we love that instant gratification, don't we? Yes, we do. And we also love sequels around here, especially when they're done right. Brotherwise Games previously released a Call to Adventure Stormlight Archive game that was really well enjoyed by you and I. I love that game. Also, I think it laid the groundwork for what I see as kind of the spiritual successor or the fully realized potential of a Stormlight RPG game. Which is role-playing game for all of you non-gamer people out there. If you are like me and don't know what that means this Uh is for you but we are bringing in people left and right and when i say we i mean Baldur's gate which (laughs) has brought in a huge audience in the video game format bringing the DD style and a lot of the DD rules totally i think my my time with Baldur's gate is definitely going to be a good tool in my toolkit once this Stormlight RPG comes out. So yes, think Dungeons and Dragons type situation, but it will be on Rashar. You'll be able to be a Radiant and it'll be great. One of the most exciting things about this Kickstarter or crowdfunding campaign and like game existence is the books yes. that are going to come out. This is mainly what you're interested it. in. This is what I'm interested in, which was part of their design idea too. They were like, whether you want to play the game or you just want these cool books, like it's for everyone. <laughs> I was like, great marketing decision, guys. I am in it for the books. Yes. And they coordinated 
with Dragonsteel and with Heavily, Brandon yes. directly. So this is considered canon. The 100%, sources yes. that Brotherwise Games is pulling from should all be considered canon or coming directly from Brandon. Yeah, and the existence of the game is something that Brandon has talked about quite a bit being the force that is making him canonize a lot of things that up until now he's been kind of like, eh, I'm not sure yet. Haven't quite like figured that out. Haven't, you know, necessarily put this all in writing yet. Uh, this was also part of why he was canonizing images of characters for the miniatures mm-hmm. and things like that. He held off for a long time making any kind of official look for characters because he is so kind to fans and is so open to other people creating their own interpretations of characters. But now we're going to have a bunch of text putting things in canon that have never before been canonized. Yeah. So with this game, there will be three books that help you play, help you build the world and are created and should be thought of as a creation of Brandon, just done with the focus on this game for Brotherwise. And so we're going to go over the three books very quickly just to kind of give an outline and build a little excitement for this eventual release. The first one is called the Stormlight Handbook, and this is the rule book for the GMs or the game managers and for the players to read. So this kind of gives you your baseline understanding of how the game functions, what are the tactics or maybe kind of basic situations that you are going to see in the game and break down a lot of the stats for the different roles or classes that you can adopt in the game. So you should assume that all of the radiance are playable options that you can select depending on your path and that each one of those radiants has a different breakdown of their stats. All of that stuff will be found within this Stormlight. Powers. This is also where the specific spren types for each uh, radiant order will be detailed. So we'll get you know, a really definitive list of the higher spren and lower spren that correspond with each order, that type of thing. I am curious if this will find its way into the Ars Arcanum in the final Stormlight Archive or the fifth Stormlight Archive. Because currently we do not have a full list of all the spren. Mm -mm. This would be the main iteration of that official list of spren. And so it just is interesting that it's happening in Brotherwise Games instead of in the book. I'm wondering if it will find its way there and they've kind of been co-created in that fashion. I mean, I guess the question is, do Chris and Nas know this information? Because the Ars Arcanum are written in-world by Chris. And so... She would have to know that information in full. Yeah. What if she is setting up for this game to be made and she's actually the (laughs) first game manager dungeon master? Okay, a little bit too uh, too meta there. The second book that this game is coming with is called The World Guide. This is the one I'm really excited for. It is a book that details the setting of the game. So it's going to explore Roshar in detail from its history and its culture to all of its cool flora and fauna. And it's also going to be an art book filled with 
illustrations and never before seen depictions of different places on Rashar. I was particularly intrigued when they said that it includes Ral Alorim, which is like a creepy shadow town that Lyft lived in at one point and is like cursed or something, but we don't really know anything about it. Now, apparently, we're going to find out more. This world guide, as you said, is probably one of the more exciting things to anyone who's interested in the Stormlight Archive. These images of, for example, like the Santhid kind of become iconic, and I'm expecting a lot of iconic imagery to have already been created for this world guide, but we'll see soon. I'm imagining this like a travel book for Rashar. Like if you were, you know, planning to take a vacation to Rashar and you wanted to learn about, you know, all of the cultures that are there and the different environments and all the things that you should go see. I hope they have a walking tour of this creepy cursed city. (laughs) Yeah. With follow along podcast hosted by everyone's favorite. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do the audio for your guided tour. (laughs) Really excited about all of the potential in that world guide. And then the final one is actually title redacted. Yeah, not they're not able to share the title yet as of the publication of the State of the Sanderson. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, it could be the title itself is a spoiler. Right. It could be that there's some information that Brandon has said, like, I don't want that out currently, but we will find out. We did get a little bit of information about the redacted book, and it is the main campaign book, which features adventure content that is going to be the source of fuel for the epic adventures and journeys that players will go on. I'm imagining this is going to give you a little bit of a template for your game. So maybe it's a little bit like when we did our Cosmere draft, we kind of stated an intention at the beginning. And mine was like, we're traveling across the Cosmere, like discovering artifacts. And, you know, but it could be a heist or a journey to an oracle or some type of specific uh, adventure that you're going on to sort of guide your decisions as you travel through the game. Yeah, I don't know about you, but the timeline when this is going to be taking place on Rashar, I'm not 100% certain at this moment, but I kind of imagine it like the novella Don Shard mm-hmm. in that it takes a group of our characters that we know, but are like the side characters and sends them on a quest. So one of the adventures that players may be able to go on is like Risen's quest to find the Dawn Shard. Mm. That would be cool if you could do something like that and you would need a supporting team to like help Risen retrieve the Dawn Shard. And I'm just imagining a bunch of different versions of that, like all all these little novellas, choose your own adventures, role-playing games that you can go off and like create your character and maybe become a radiant on your own. I hope that there's also opportunities to not become a radiant and just become mm. like cool Adolins, just training real hard with their sure or like a scholar or contribute in other ways. Yeah, I mean there are paths like that, sort of in 
Call to Adventure Stormlight. Right, but that game is kind of structured around defeating Odium. And yeah, doing so you that do is always... have to become a Radiant. But you have other character attributes also. That is true. And that's what I hope that this game is kind of like the fully realized version of the Call to Adventure. Where yeah. you can develop... In other be- ways. In other ways, yeah. yes. Or like if you want to be a singer... Or something like you would be able to do that and have different powers. Exactly. And so it's not as kind of cookie cutter or limited in the same way. Really give you a lot of options and hopefully have that responsive ability that D&D is so well known for where like you make a decision and that influences the overall arc of the game that you are on and experiencing. And from Dan and Brandon, they kind of placed this game in the chronological time of the Stormlight Archive by saying that in this game, you will your character will be able to play a pivotal role in the events leading up to the true desolation. So that's kind of the the setting time-wise for the world that we're in with the game. Yeah, so this would be prior to... Words of Radiance and Way of Kings, right? Or like, and then crossing into that timeline. Yeah, I think it would be concurrent because isn't the true desolation the event that we watch in Words of Radiance? Exactly. And so I would say, depending on, you know, how long the game is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, it's probably concurrent or, you know, your your characters are all growing up kind of like Kaladin. There's some variation of these characters that we meet. And then they're just going to influence like, can you stop it? I don't know. Can you just eliminate the problem from the very beginning? (laughs) You can win the game and just be like, no desolation. This is like, no, thank you. It's okay. No desolation needed here. (laughs) You show up like Iron Man, you level up super early, and you're just like, Rashar is closed today. <laughs> Clearly, we are incredibly excited about this game and saw it on display at the Dragonsteel Convention in November. So can't wait to get our hands on it. But let's transition. Let's go from Stormlight Archive, the game, to Stormlight Archive 5. The book, which has a title, allegedly... Brandon has said 99% confirmed this is the title. So there's a small amount of wiggle room that he's given himself. But the title of book five is Wind and Truth. I feel like no one is really happy with this title. Like, I don't know how happy Brandon is with it. I haven't heard any fan be like, I love it. (laughs) Yes, we have debated off mic. You know, what does this mean? Because we were so excited about the Katek, the kind of accidental poem that Brandon found himself in around Oathbringer and into Rhythm of War, which started a reversal of the Katek or the poem, the initialisms of each of the titles broken down. Is symmetrical. Would be symmetrical until- Is no longer symmetrical. this one and the symmetry is broken. Now, I think- Part of the whelmed response, like neither under or overwhelmed, just the whelmed response is Brandon was floating a completion of the Katek, which is allegedly still the title of the in-world book, which is Knights of Wind and Truth. Dropping out the and gives you the perfect Katek. Yeah. 
And so this is a simplification of that title. So the in-world book has the full name, but the earth that we live on has the more, I consider, generic name yeah. of Wind and Truth. I think it's just boring. I don't find it to be super compelling in addition to being disappointing that it's not actually going to be a Katek after all of this. Yeah, obviously we've talked about it a lot because it's a cool thing and one of those, you know, fun finds for people in the Cosmere. And it's just not different enough from Knights of Wind and Truth for me to see. Like, I know Brandon had expressed a while ago that he was kind of struggling to find a title that he liked that would fit in the Katek, which fair enough. Like, you want to have a title that you like and maybe you don't want to be beholden to this kind of arbitrary thing. You know, some things are more important than others. But if you were going to just not go with the Katek, I feel like he probably could have come up with a title that was better, like that was just completely different and like more compelling and more interesting and better on a whole. And it's just weird to me that he just made it both not a Katek and not a great title. Burn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't criticize Brandon a whole lot on this podcast, but I don't like this title. <laughs> As I said, I think it's a simplification of the in-world text, and so you're kind of... But why? Yes, yeah. but why is the kind of my question. The only thing I can think is that the publisher didn't like Knights of Wind and Truth or because something. Because everything else is three words or less, and so once you start changing the overall structure, it becomes you know two lines on every book instead of perfectly across the spine oh you think it's different like literally for the printing of the book i mean that's one of the main concerns that i think the publisher would have where they are bringing that type of commentary i don't think they're yeah, going in I and saying know. like doesn't work as a title creator of the medium i mean they might they're responsible for marketing it and stuff i don't know if anyone out there knows anything about like book publishing let I would love know. to hear it. Yeah, because yeah. I my first thing was, yes, it would move each title of the different Stormlight Archive books from being very consistent in their like three words. Well, Oathbringer is only one word. But that's the middle one. And so it breaks the trend. I know, as the but middle the publisher one. doesn't care about the Katek. I wonder what they care about. And that's <laughs> all I'm saying is just they like, care about selling <laughs> books. <laughs> and they they think three words is, is the, the perfect, recipe for success. Exactly. That's all they need is just three solid words and they can make anything happen. I assume that's how the publishing industry works. Again, tell us if you happen to work and you have some ideas about this, but I am just kind of whelmed. I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other. And I would have felt stronger if the Katek was completed, even yeah. if I thought the title was clunkier. Subpar, yeah. Yeah. To get us the Katek, I would sure. be happy with it. Yeah. And as you said, Brandon is kind of like doing half measures where yeah. it's still the in-world text, so it's not that different right. from that, but it's simplified for the final book. And he may also change this, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, that's how much he's still not convinced that this is a good title. <laughs> that's probably the best argument. I've never heard him say so delicately and like, be so delicate right. with the introduction of a title. Normally, it's like, this is this Oathbringer. This is the book, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the title plays out. But what we can say with 100% certainty is that the first draft 
is completely finished. It's complete. The book exists in its entirety. Yeah, he said that he took the majority of this year, 2023, in writing and finalizing he's been giving his weekly updates over on the youtube channel and just before christmas i believe he announced that they had completed and he had turned in the first draft he said quote i spent january doing revisions on defiant and then i wrote stormlight 5 for checks notes the next 11 months yep end quote so the man has been working. He's been working hard and he made his deadline. The book exists. I think we can all feel pretty good about it being released in the fall of this year. Yeah, I think that the process that they have really well defined at this point is the revision process and kind of where it goes out, who it goes out to. There's a clearly a team at Dragonsteel and with Brandon's publisher tour that they are working on these like all their paychecks rely on this going off without a hitch like this is where the industry part kind of takes over and it's left the true creative part that's all in brandon's mind yeah some other sort of notes related to the release of stormlight archive 5 there will be a novella as we've had in between the other main Stormlight book. We have Edge Dancer between books two and three and Dawn Shard in between three and four. There is going to be a novella called Horn Eater, which will be about rock that exists between four and five, but it is not going to be out for a while. This was devastating to me. I know. I was hoping this would sneak in yeah. and it would be released right before Stormlight Archive 5. Like it was all done and mm. he was going to drop it secretly in like September. Uh, Theoretically, he was going to have it ready for the Words of Radiance crowdfunding campaign as a perk. But he said as he started to think about it, he figured he would want to like go back and visit Rashar basically and write something in that world over the next uh <clears throat> 10 years while Ouch. he's uh doing other things and so he's just saving Horneater for the moment in time when he's like oh I really want to go back to Rashar so that means that we also have to wait until that moment comes but what we only have to wait 11 months for is <laughs> Dragonsteel Convention 2024 taking place in early December this year. And instead of the previous two days, now Dragonsteel Convention will be taking place over three days. Incredibly and exciting. And on a weekend. Yes, everything is perfect. not right before Thanksgiving. All so, great decisions. Yeah, and way easier to get there, to be there. And to yeah, to travel, to travel, uh, yeah, all the things. Brandon did mention that if you think you might be going to Dragonsteel Con, keep in mind that the book is going to be available to get at the convention. So you may not want to pre-order your book through Amazon or wherever you get your books and just wait until convention tickets go on sale and then you can get your book at the con. Or... You can wait until it's available for digital download and get it straight to your ebook device. I mean, yes, style. which will not be until it has already been released at the con. But yeah, all methods will be available 
And I think that we also should expect, though I haven't heard anything official yet, but there should be a transition into the Secret Project audiobooks becoming available on Audible. This was Has not, that been confirmed? It hasn't been confirmed, but okay. it was always the stated plan that one year, it was like a one-year moratorium on Audible hosting the different secret projects. I thought that he said at least a year, and then he would just like revisit at the one-year mark. Okay. It yeah. may be a revisiting and the revisit didn't happen, but I would keep an eye out if you have been waiting for on Audible to get the secret projects. I would expect those to be released, you know, Tress starting now or soon and then quarterly after that. So if you have been holding out all of this time, 2024 could be the year for you to listen along to the secret projects. Okay, those are kind of the really big announcements for this next year. The big thing, obviously, that Brandon was working on for all of 2023. Now let's go through a couple of the other projects that he has got in the works and kind of talk about what's been going on with those. Starting with, of course, everyone's favorite, Mistborn, the era three titled Ghost Bloods is going to be coming somewhat soon. Brandon said he expects to start work on it on January 1st, 2025. Yes, start work on it next year, somewhat soon. Yeah. All good things, more excitement coming out of Scadrial from the Secret Projects. We learned a whole bunch and were really exposed to even more elements that were introduced in the Lost Metal. It really feels, especially with the Sunlit Man, and on our book club episodes, we'll talk a lot about this, the kind of carryover from the Lost Metal to the Sunlit Man. If you want to learn more about that, tune into our book club episodes coming up on the feed. But I'm really stoked about the era three of Scadrill. It's always kind of been the one that's been out there, promised, but I knew it was kind of like in the future. And the future is seemingly almost now. Yeah, we've heard like rumors about it for such a long time. And now it's kind of here. <laughs> and then alongside working on Mistborn Ghostbloods, Brandon will also be working on the Elantris sequels. So he often does this where he kind of trades off in between projects. So he'll do something like finish the first book of Ghostbloods, send that to edits or to, to proofing while he starts work on Elantris sequel number one. And then he'll switch back to doing edits on Ghostbloods number one kind of working in that way, which sounds like is, at least for right now, his plan for that year of 2025. And we should get some more updates on exactly what that might look like this year as he starts to work on the outlines for both of those series. Transitioning now to the Seeker Projects, there's a little bit of news and kind of just more information that Brandon has given now that all of these are complete. He said that each of these is intended to be a standalone story. It is a great place as an introduction to the Cosmere, and there are not directly planned sequels for right. any of these books. And that's kind of the announcement 
of this, you know, secret project. Yeah, Will there be follow-ups? Yeah, Will there be sequels? Really loved some of the characters and some of the worlds that we got to see through the secret projects and we're kind of asking for more. And Brandon brought up what I think is a good point that it is becoming increasingly rare in the sci-fi fantasy world to have standalone books, which does present a barrier to entry for some newer readers, people who don't necessarily want to pick up a five-book series. They just want to read something good that they'll enjoy and then be able to, you know, complete it, basically. And that's where these secret projects can fit in. Yeah, and it's definitely being felt across mediums and across industries. I know that Marvel and Disney has created a new category of their Marvel Universe called the Spotlight, Marvel Spotlight. And this is independent stories. So the first one is Echo, which is a side character from who cares, just other <laughs> other versions and stories from the Marvel Universe. But now this series is going to be kind of independent. And That's, it's like not connected to any of the other movies. It's connected in the same way that I think these secret projects are connected, which is mm. that there can be crossover characters like Echo is yeah. connected to Kingpin. But if you don't know, if you, don't you haven't to. watched the other 80 Marvel movies, exactly. you're not going to be lost. And I think that is what Brandon is kind of saying as well. Just that these books are great as introductions and they shouldn't feel a pressure to understand the whole Cosmere to pick up Tress of the Emerald Sea, which I really like because I am clearly biased, but it's difficult for me to recommend either starting the Cosmere or which book do you start them on? Yeah. And well, I think any of these really serve a perfect like entry point of just like, here you go. And increasingly through time, right? Like we just talked about potential sequels to Elantris and at some point maybe there's going to be sequels to Warbreaker so these two books that we now have that are standalones that are great uh, books to recommend to people wanting to start out one day will not be (laughs) these standalone books and so we know we'll always have the secret projects even though they're not going to have sequels. Brandon did say we might see the characters from the secret projects again. Always got to leave some some treats for us to follow along. Uh, some little tidbits that could entice us because there's a lot of great characters from the secret projects. Ooh, right now, real quick, which character would you like to see again? I mean, I would love to see Tress again. Okay. But... I mean, I know for sure that this quote from Brandon is about Sigzel because he's said that Sigzel is going to have yeah. yeah a big role to play. So maybe he only meant it about that character. But I think there's a I couple would love of, to see what Tress has done. I think there's a couple of kids from the old noodle shop who could get off Kamashi. Oh, totally. I'd yeah. love for them to be dropping by, kind of like the Galadon and Demu are sure, running around. Yeah. But they're just uh, their own version from the I imagine them collecting recipes from For across. the noodles? Yeah. And then they make, like, I think I made this joke before, but an international house of pancakes, but it's like an intercosmereal house of noodles. Thank you for completing that. Well done. <laughs> And they just have a a cosmic noodle shop that everyone can visit and get tastes from around the universe. 
this book might write itself, but a book that is also written or has been written and been alluded to before is the mysterious fifth secret project. Ah, yes. We got four, but there was always allegedly a fifth (laughs) out there, and Brandon has now clarified they should be thought of as Secret Project Zero rather than Secret Project Number Five. Yeah, because it's not that anyone has missed anything. The fifth item that Brandon worked on during his COVID-19 quarantine is called Super Awesome Danger, And it's just in a different category from all of these other books because it's a children's book and it's being developed into a graphic novel in-house at Dragonsteel. It features a robot frog called Robog, who was (laughs) invented by one of Brandon's sons. And the story is about two brothers who design a video game and then one of them gets trapped inside of it. So that will eventually see the light of day and is in the works right now. Yeah, I think that any opportunity to bring whimsy and some joy into the Cosmere, which can be a dark place, uh, but this is you know, going to be geared at a different audience and a much younger audience, but I'm excited for the graphic novel adventures of Robog, <laughs> a robot frog. And I love the kind of Tron vibes. I don't know if it's going to be kind of that cyberpunk vibe, but anytime someone's getting trapped inside of a video game, my brain just falls back to Tron. Understandably. Speaking of graphic novels, there is, of course, White Sand, which just seems to be the story that will never die. Every (laughs) single state of the Sanderson. We've been doing this now for years. This story is just constantly being worked on. It's there. It's in the background. It's seeing iterations. So there has been a prose version. The original version. Yeah. Then there was a series of graphic novels that had kind of a spotty production history. Yeah. Meaning that they came out at different times with big gaps with different artists. It was kind of chaotic and it had to be simplified a lot. That prose version had to be simplified a lot. Then there was the graphic novel Omnibus. That came out in 2023, but also had quite a few problems in production, I understand. And so this is now the final version. It's now going all the way back to prose. The novel version is going to be collecting all the bits and pieces that have been white sand for more than a decade now and trying to bring them into a single novel version. I would imagine it kind of like one of these secret projects where it could be a story that is a one-off or it could be developed into something more like Warbreaker where it's just a jumping off point into the broader Cosmere for Chris. That's kind of the main reason that Brandon seems to want to bring this story in front of more readers is that it's Chris's story. Yeah, the idea is that Chris is important to the Cosmere, and therefore it's important to have her story in a definitive version for people to be able to read, which I'm excited for. I would like for it to be a regular novel. I love Chris. I'm very interested in her story, but the graphic novels have just had so many issues. And so I think this is an exciting new 
project for Brandon and perhaps will finally put White Sand to rest. They did say that it might be ready for Dragonsteel Convention 2025. That's right, next year's Dragonsteel Convention. Which is pretty quick when you think about it. But in 2023, there was, of course, the completion of the Skyward series with Defiant, the last of four major novels and several novellas to tell the story of the Skyward Flight and the culmination of that kind of launched the Cytoverse, which is in partnership with author Jancy Patterson, who we've talked about a lot. She has been writing the Skyward Legacy, and this kind of like picks up very shortly after the end of Defiant and takes not Spensa, but some of the other characters in the Skyward Flight and moves their stories forward. Yeah, so this will be a whole other series in the in the Cytoverse. The Skyward series is complete, and mm-hmm. that was uh, written by Brandon with Jancy writing the novellas. And now Jancy has taken over a main series, Skyward Legacy, which I guess we should just say spoilers will be now if you have not read the series yet skip ahead a little bit it's going to follow the new special forces unit of skyward flight from the perspectives of sadie and arturo as they are trying to make contact with other humans in the superiority preserves and you can return from your spoiler earmuffs because i think that there's a lot of potential for the cytoverse i found a lot of the characters interesting. But as we always talked about, the Skyward series was much more uh, focused on a single character, focused on Spensa. And it kind of journeyed with her. With the novellas breaking out into other characters. Yeah. And so I think that this is kind of a great opportunity to bring other characters forward and will hopefully give us even more stuff to digest as this is a planned trilogy. Skyward Legacy is a planned trilogy written by Jancy Patterson. And then in the category of things that Brandon might do someday, we have quite a few things. Yeah, let's hit these rapid fire. Uh, One is The Night Brigade, which is a Shadows for Silence sequel. Dragonsteel, Hoyd's story, always planned to be one of the final books in the Cosmere. The Silence Divine, which is a story about Ashen with disease causing superpowers. Bacteria, indeed. We also have the Grand Apparatus. Don't know anything about it. Just know that apparently it's a maybe someday project. For those of you that missed our episode all about the convention, we talked about one of the major spoilers about the Grand Apparatus and seemingly its connection to Canticle. Go listen to that episode or go check out the spoiler stream that Brandon released right around Christmas for his words directly on all we know about the Grand Apparatus, which isn't a lot, but it's very interesting. There's also Mythos, which is a planet referenced in The Lost Metal. That's really all we know about it. Apparently, it might warrant its own book. I want it to warrant its own book because I believe we speculated that this could be Valor's planet. Yeah. And maybe there's some 
Greek gods, but in the Cosmere, so not Greek, but that kind of like vibe, a pantheon of gods, all, you know, following not Zeus, but valor, something like that. Oh, man, I could be about it because the closest thing that we have to that is like the court of the gods in Warbreaker. But those gods are lazy. I want some real involved like demigods, heroes, all the different categories, the hierarchies. And I want them all to exist in this book called Mythos. And it's like Brandon's ode to the mythology stories from our own histories. Now, that's complete speculation. I don't know anything about this because nobody knows anything about this. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to hop on my imaginary bandwagon, let's do so. And then the last of this list is potentially the Aether World series. So quite a few things that Brandon's got in the back of his mind that may or may not ever see the light of day. Yes. There's also five more Stormlight Archive books that are just sitting there waiting to be done. And a fourth series of Mistborn. Of course. In Mistborn Era 4, which is probably going to be written something like 2040. Like, when when is all this happening? 2040? That would be soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you all over it's the It's already 2024. Several decades. I mean, that's 16 years that I just said. That's a long time. He's not even getting back to Stormlight Archive for 10 years. My yeah. heart is breaking right Mistborn here on camera. Era 4 is going to be like 2050. Are we going to be alive? I don't know. I don't know. How that's, old will we be? We'll be too old. That's what we'll be. We like really need to make sure that our eyesight is good. Do we have to eat carrots or something? Like what is going to happen? I already have glasses, so. Oh, you're already on the down Yeah, I'm set. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Corrective vision early, but we need to make sure that we can. Mostly we just have to keep our brains sharp. That's true. Yeah. We're going to be missing some of the most basic stuff in the future. Oh my gosh. And we're just going to be like We're going to be on the, the podcast microphone like, oh, I didn't even catch that one. <laughs> That's a great old you. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm really excited to meet old you. Let's get back to real stuff. Because this boatload of mummies is happening. <laughs> this is serious. Boatload of mummies. Strap in to Boatload of Mummies by Isaac Stewart. Main graphic lead for Dragonsteel has been working on a first draft for Boatload of the Mummies. It's roughly the same length of Shadows of Self, which is short right. compared much, to other books. Yeah, much shorter than some of the Cosmere books. This would feature Nikki Savage from the broadsheets, and it exists now in its first draft, but it does need some revision before Brandon reads it. So Brandon hasn't even really read the whole thing yet. He knows the premise and the story and things like that. But uh, yeah, as of yet, it is untested by the man himself. And then he mentioned Hyper Thief, which is a Cytoverse novella. This is what I love about the Cytoverse is it's just so big and there's literally worlds that can be explored. And he could just be writing a story and then, oops, you find out that it's in the Cytoverse. Like it's visited by one of these people from Skyward Legacy. And it was just a completely what we thought was separate story. And then all of a sudden, no, that's an entry to the Cytoverse. Exciting stuff. Allegedly, this was distributed at Dragonsteel this past year, 2023. Never saw it. I did not receive it. So I don't know if that was maybe only in like the special swag bundle or something, but I would like to read it. Yeah. If anybody's got a copy yeah, of that. Send us your Hyper Thief copy. We'll be a Hyper Thief and read <laughs> Hyper Thief. Yeah. 
Let's go over some television and movies because we were really excited last year. There were some announcements that got us pumped. Brandon said at the convention, this is the closest it's ever been. It had real actors reading real scripts written by Brandon and the team. Wearing mist cloaks. Wearing mist cloaks. It was very close, but there were huge events that happened in the entertainment as well as just the world at large. But the Mistborn movie, the Mistborn anything is all on hold. Yeah, basically anything for television is on hold right now. Brandon said he's kind of going back to the drawing board to think about how he wants to approach this kind of thing, uh, which he's done many times during his career. So that's where we are. We're, we're back there. He did at the end of this segment of the State of the Sanderson say, quote, Tress would make a pretty great animated feature, though, don't you think? End quote. And yes, I hard agree. I think that the Seeker projects are actually perfect for animation, especially there's so many great animators working and creating like, yes, you have the big productions like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is kind of like the holy grail of animation right now. But we have been watching What If, which has two seasons uh, in the Marvel. Those are standalone stories. And I think Tress with the team working on that would be amazing. They really could bring Brandon's textual creations into the visual medium in a spectacular way, in a way that is clearly very difficult to do with real people. And I think... I mean, I think they both have their challenges. Obviously, I would want to do... I would want the Avatar The Last Airbender studio to make... Yeah, but I think they're real focused on Avatar The Last Airbender. But if, yeah, that team wants to get involved, sure, I'm happy to have those. Yeah, I mean, they're almost done with the Dragon Prince. They could just hop over to Tress. Yeah, Dragon Prince is actually a really good comparison to some of the Cosmere stuff. And I think that style would fit perfectly and work really well. Exactly. But there's also, you know, things like Arcane that was on Netflix and dealt with like League of Legends. There's a bunch of great studios doing creative things, using animation in interesting ways. And I think that you can get commitments from those studios in a different way than you can get from like the Hollywood studios operating on hundreds of millions of dollars, expecting billions of dollars or, you know, at least a billion now is considered being successful. And I think you can just go a different route with animation. And then as Brandon has always said, is the problem with animation is that nobody watches it. And I don't mean for that to be rude, to the people who do watch it, but the numbers just aren't really comparable and anything that is in animation is missing out on a large percentage of the human population. And that's unfortunate in the one hand, but I think Tress would be a perfect story to see, not in live action, but in animation. How about we end this all, this State of the Sanderson for 2023 with just future schedule. We give you some dates. We give you some titles. Here's what is coming up according to Brandon. Quote, I'll be writing Ghostbloods straight through, maybe with Elantris sequels in between, and don't want to release any of them until they are all done. Let's assume they're all 200,000 words and I can do roughly 300,000 a year. That means I'll be writing them all of 2025, 2026, and 2027. That would put the first one probably coming out in 2028, five years from now. 
Take a deep breath. A it's moment gonna be of okay. silence, everyone, for our loss. <laughs> Not this year, though, because this year in December 2024, Stormlight Archive 5, Wind and Truth, maybe, will be releasing. Start us off with what's happening in 2025. Yeah, there may be a few things coming out in 2025. Perhaps spring of 25 would be Skyward Legacy number one. December might see White Sand novel. In spring of 2026, we could get that Legacy number two. And in December 2026, the plan would be for Skyward Legacy three to drop, two in that year. Brandon thinks that he might... Feel like writing Horn Eater also around that time. So Horn Eater might come out around December of 26. In all of 2027, there is nothing on the docket. No clue. Don't know. It's the last year. And then December of 28 is theoretically when Ghostbloods number one would come out. I think that's probably the earliest Ghostbloods one would come out. So take all of this with many grains of salt yeah we do not need the fine grain himalayan salt we need big coarse chunks of salt right from the salt mines just like big old chunk and you hold on to that salt chunk because it needs to last you for many years perhaps summer of 29 would be elantris number two and then december of 29 would be ghost bloods number two Wrapping up the decade, we would have summer of 2030 for Elantris 3 and December 2030 for Ghostbloods 3. So if you can hold all the way to the end of this decade, I think we're going to get onto another big run of Cosmere stuff and we'll just have all of the Scadrial and Elantris stuff, revisiting Elantris. Yeah, I think if we can zoom out and look at it as a decade... It's like, whoa, we got tons of Cosmere stuff in that decade, and Brandon was putting in work. When I look at it closely, I'm like, no, (laughs) there's going to be such a big gap, and it might even be longer than we think. Of course, we cannot control any of this, and this is just for those who are holding on to their big chunks of salt. Yeah. I'm a little bit salty that... Brandon is doing the Elantris sequels before the Warbreaker sequels. I wasn't clamoring to go back to Elantris. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I like that book. I like it fine. I just don't really see any reason to revisit. And there is so much hanging in the balance at the end of Warbreaker that I feel like needs a follow-up sooner, but I do not make these decisions. We will be there to follow along in the days, months, and decades ahead as the Cosmere plan is long and the state of the Sanderson is strong. We're really excited for 2024. Coming up, we will be concluding the Sunlit Man book club and then doing a bunch of fun stuff. If you want to be in the front row seats for Cosmere Conversations, you can join us over on Patreon. We give all of them special first eye, first access, all that good stuff. And thank you so much for listening throughout the year of Sanderson and now into 2024, the year of Stormlight Archive. Yeah, the year of wind and truth, allegedly. Allegedly, indeed. We will be there regardless of title. We're going to be right there reading. (laughs) I might ignore the title, but I will still read the book. And with that sign off, Brooke, can you take us away? Until next time, 
life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. 